Let's join Marcy Trent Long for Trash Talk. This week she talked to Siddharth Gupta, founder of the Clearbot Project, about how a university project transformed into a growing eco-entrepreneurship. Hey, Trash Talk listeners. In our show today, we're bringing back Siddhant Gupta, co-founder of Clearbot. And the last time we interviewed him, he was fresh out of Hong Kong University and eager to solve marine plastic pollution with his intelligent machine called Clearbot. Well, time has passed and Clearbot has expanded its mission to include all sorts of marine pollution. So we wanted to bring him back on the show today to tell us more about what's going on with Clearbot. Welcome to the show, Sidhan. Thanks, Marcy. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I'm so excited to be back. I know. You're a trash talk dream. We love Hong Kong-based startups that do like creative ideas and sustainability. So let's just start. We'll describe Clearbot in a second. But for the listeners that didn't hear our previous interview with you, maybe you can talk about um, how you started it as an HKU student. Sure. So, uh, but I love telling the story, to be honest. (laughs) More than happy to. So, we were were, uh, students at the University of Hong Kong. It was our final year and we were graduating out. And we basically wanted to go on a free graduation trip. And we found <laughs> we found that the University of Hong Kong had this lovely little fund where if you do a project on behalf of the university, they'll pay for your flights. <laughs> so we, we we really wanted to go to Bali. And then so we, we actually ended up in Bali. And then we're like, okay, now we need to come up with the project, right? How do we pay for this? So um, we were on the beach and we noticed these guys would go out and collect trash out, uh, you know, on their surfboards or like on these little canoes. And... Uh, we started talking to them and we realized, okay, this is literally how they pull trash out. And we started talking to the government and we realized, okay, there's a lot of money and sort of resources being put into this. But literally the best way to go out and take it out is to go on a little boat with a net. Right. right. Very inefficient. Yeah, it's terrible, right? This doesn't scale. I mean, <laughs> you can you can have all the resources in the world and there's too much trash and too few people. Right, because it comes back every day. Yeah, right. So, right. so we kind of said, okay, there has to be a better way. And we came up with the first prototype in Bali. It was like super scrappy. It was made out of aluminium and some net. And uh, Oh, wow. You actually made it in Bali. Yeah, we had like two toy helicopters for like propellers because there's nothing else you could buy there. <laughs> so too. funny. Exactly. And uh, anyway, we came back to Hong Kong and we realized over here you have these sampans, you know, these old petrol and diesel boats and they go around picking trash out with a net again um, and again the the government here actually has a lot of resources dedicated to it but the best solution is just limiting right so you have three people on one boat yeah um, so we said okay is there a way we can get uh, one person to do 10 boats that's when the scales to the size you need yeah and uh, so we were working at the at HKU then at the University of Hong Kong and we put together the idea of Clearbot so it's an electric emission-free self-driving boat right uh, the idea being that you press a button and a fleet of these boats go out, clean the water and come back. You know, yeah. That was the sort of original vision and, and concept. Were they happy at HKU with your project from Bali then? Yes, uh, I'm very happy to report <laughs> the, the flights and also some beer was paid for. And, uh, oh, and some beer. Score. Yeah. So it was, good, it was a good fun. It and then good. Clearbot was established. Yes, absolutely. So we, we initially did it for the well holiday. And then we saw that there is a fairly, you know, good business opportunity here, um, as well as it's super impactful, right? So it's just kind super of super impactful. Yeah. So I think when, when I guess when you're 22 or 23, you're like, yeah, sure, let's let's go ahead and do this. <laughs> so we we formed the business about two and a half years ago now, officially, and we kind of got to it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so initially, it was you were kind of targeting 
plastic and trash, and now you're expanding your mission. What is the Clearbot of today? Sure. So today um, we still build solar-charged, emission-free, self-driving boats. Uh, but really what we're doing is we're just looking at marine pollution on the whole. And that includes burning petrol, so fuel emissions. That includes pulling out trash, that's pulling out oil and chemicals on the water surface, water quality monitoring. Oh. And so the idea is basically, if you're somebody today and you have a petrol or diesel powered boat in the water doing some kind of manual task, we can replace that with something that doesn't damage the environment anymore. Got right? it. Um, and from a purely business standpoint as well, our, our machine's actually a lot cheaper to run. Um, Fuel prices go up every day, like literally every day. And they're variable, right? Yeah, so it's, it's very difficult to cost in. Um, and you have the emission side of it. Most companies today are trying to cut their emissions or they're at least committed to doing that, right? And so what we do is we bring costs down by replacing fuel with electric or solar power, which is in, in solar, it's free, right? And electricity is very cheap. Um, and additionally, we reduce the manpower required to do the, the work, right? And so... In that sense, we're able to give them uh, something or give these industries something that they're adopting from a business standpoint, but the impact is very much environmental and, and very real. Yeah, exactly. You know, you could you could do a carbon credit with that one. Uh, yeah, we, we thought about it. Uh, we do actually report on the CO2 emissions reduced, yeah. but we don't officially call that a carbon credit, uh, It's which is because I think the carbon credit market by itself it has a lot of complexity and... And I don't understand it. So our, our logic oh. is very simple. All right. You, know, you replace well, an engine. To, I'll have to introduce you to come on. <laughs> See if we can scale this puppy. Um, so that's the important news that the cost is lower. And then, of course, you are, it's got to be lower emissions, right? And thank you very much. It's not smelly, right? The boats, <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> the boats are always so smoky. But then what have you um, found with your data? What, have, what are some of the interesting stats that you've found? Sure. So, I mean, I think, um, well, just to, for a bit of an introduction, our, our cameras are constantly looking at what we collect and then kind of analyzing it, right? Uh, so I'll start with the bad news first, which is most of this stuff isn't recyclable. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. So that is uh, one thing we, we realized. Um, it's because it's mixed packaging or it's just mixed it's, up and it's yeah, dirty. And it can be sorted. It can be dried and sorted. Um, then it might be contaminated. So it may, And I think what we've realized most importantly is, you know, you work with the recyclers they make money by having consistently the same kind of good quality plastic coming in through the mm. through in waste. So when you throw stuff at your house, it's usually the same stuff on average every day, True. right? And so the recyclers are able to run a business out of that. What we're doing, it could be anything. And the age of that plastic could be anything. It could be put in yesterday. It could be 20 years ago. Mm. And so that variability just makes it very, very hard to recycle. Interesting. Right? Um, so that's the, well, that's the bad news. I, that is the bad news. So then, so it, so you have to incinerate it. Okay. Yeah. But at least okay. you've pulled it out of the water. Correct. Uh, the other interesting thing is we're trying to figure out okay, where is it coming from, and, and can the data yeah. help us understand that? And that's where things get interesting. Which is, for example, Hong Kong actually has a pretty decent waste collection system. Like for mo compared to most cities, it's quite good here, right? Yeah. Uh, but what we have is a very messy storm water management system. There's a lot mm -hmm. of rain here, mm -hmm. and so a lot of that waste you see. Uh, it's basically coming in from stormwater and you're, you're able to look at the plastic and actually identify that, okay, like this is this is from this week, right? These bottles are new or it's a new design or new brand. And um, and I think that's what I find interesting. And that, and it's it becomes more complex then because, for example, the, the stormwater is handled by a different department. The water it's dumping into is handled by a different department. Mm. Uh, the, the people who construct it, uh, different department. So it's, 
it suddenly then becomes uh, three or four, five, five departments that actually need to work together to solve that source. Which, which is a, a challenge in Hong Kong. I, I Absolutely. It, Absolutely. It works great with it when it's within one department, super efficient, amazing. And then once you get a couple of them, it's harder. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And um, they they all don't have the same incentives. I think that's the real issue. Right? Mm. So if everyone has the same in- incentives, they can still work right. uh, together. But that just doesn't exist today. Yeah. So huh. so yeah. So difficult to find your sources. So so it's not what we all think. Oh, it's coming down from you know the Pearl River Delta. That's where it's all coming from. But well, some of it is. Some of it is. Some. But uh, and also to be fair, there is a bit of bias, which is our boats are along the shore. Like they usually run along shorelines or like. Uh, and oh, so, in, so invariably, we see a lot more local waste than than probably what's. Uh, so it's not ocean. a good reflection of what's in the ocean, but it is a good reflection of what's around Hong Kong City, right? Right in Hong Kong Harbor, right. um, which is actually a lot of local stuff. Yeah, and that would make sense. And even people dumping things overboard from boats, right? Yeah. So, um, where are your clear bots now? Uh, so we've got a bunch of locations in Hong Kong. I'm very happy to report we actually have a fleet of ten boats now. Um, we're trying to now get to 100. That's the goal, the next goal. So we've gone <laughs> 0 to 1, 1 to 10. Oh, okay. So we're Where's trying to do 10 to 100, yeah. right? Yeah. So in Hong Kong, we have eight boats. Uh, five are actually running like right now, this Good. week. Um, yeah. And so locations, okay, one of them is in Kai Tak, in the Kai Tak River. Oh. Uh, one of them is actually in a water treatment plant in Cheng Shui. Uh, we've got one in Lam Chin River, which is in Tai Po. Uh, we've got one in Aberdeen. Um, and we've got one in Causeway Bay. Huh. So that's our sites. And is HSBCC still sponsoring you? I mean, or individual companies now paying you for these? So actually, HSBC runs their own projects separate. Well, they don't work with us. That's what it looks okay. Like. Uh, we do see their boats in the water. They're actually in Aberdeen, Causeway Bay as well. Okay. Um, and uh, they're doing good work. Right. right. Um, and so to answer your question, yes, we do work with some other companies. But more and more, uh, honestly, we've been focusing on government and industry uh, because my view is that the sponsorship model so it has, it has two issues right the, f- the first is it's temporary mm. like at the end of the day HSBC sponsoring those boats it's not HSBC's actual job to do that it's right. nice that they're doing that right uh, but the actual job is for example the governments or like this, you know, there's some institutions that are in charge of this so our idea is to, to truly make a change you have to work with them and you have to incentivize them to pick up your product uh, and because for the companies, it's usually more about marketing and, and brand creation. Mm. And tomorrow they'll move to something else. Right. right. So how do you build, how do you, like for our, our vision is to make this ubiquitous, right? How do you have 10,000 of these in the water? And that doesn't happen with just HSBC or, or one other brand, frankly, any other brand. It's, it, it is very uh, public sector. It is very institutional and you have to go down that route. Well, you know, it'd be lovely is um, in this, to the extent that you develop the, the EPRs, right? The the producer responsibility, responsibility. programs yeah. for plastic or whatever. Those, of course, should be funding clearbots. I think. Yes, absolutely. Clean up the ocean. Well, I mean, so it's putting the responsibility back on the producers that if they're going to sell me a plastic bottle, I'm sure a lot of people aren't going to be happy I said that. But if you're going to sell me a plastic bottle, I think you're kind of responsible for taking it back from me too. No, a hundred percent. And I, I will say that <laughs> what we see in the water. Uh, is always single-use packaging and a, and a plastic bottle is just single-use packaging. Yeah. Right? It's one time. So for me as well, like at a, at a personal level, I've started to just notice that sometimes I'll buy things um, and I'm, I know that that plastic is just going to be used 
in that moment and I'm going to throw it away. And so I think that's that's really the source of the issue, right? Like you you don't you don't even need to fix a lot of those waste management systems. You can cut down the impact just by changing yeah. materials. And, and that's just uh, that, of course, expands into um, places like Indonesia, where there's seventeen thousand islands. <laughs> but Hong Kong is an archipelago, right? And the plastic just um, washes out. So, okay, so this has been a journey for you, and it's it's hard. It's hard doing a startup in Hong Kong. Um, there's lots of Oh no, it's oh. I'm pretty happy. I think I think the the city is very supportive, honestly. Yeah, great. Yeah. Okay, and so but, how has it been uh supportive and great? Um sure. Well, first of all, we started our business right through COVID. Right. Not not a great time to start a business, right? Um but I think the government has um a lot of funding here and they're fairly receptive to new ideas. They support innovation and most importantly, the government departments were willing to buy our product. Right. I think it's nice to get funding. Right, that's important, but it's even nicer when the government really makes the effort to pick up your thing and try it. Because for a startup, that is the sales is the best sort of exactly. form of growth. Right? Well, that's a, that's what keeps you going in the long run. Exactly. So I think I think what we saw is that different Hong Kong government departments, and including uh, we have supporters, for example, Science Park, connected us to these government departments. Fabulous. And they were more than happy to trial a product and give us tenders and you know so i in that view i think the hong kong government was very supportive uh, in terms of new innovation and there are caveats there's a lot of regulatory issues uh, you know all that ever, every government yeah. in the world right um but it, i still think it was a great place to start a company and uh, actually now we're kind of moving out of outside hong kong as well cuz restrictions are covid restrictions have been lifted and so we can finally travel around so we're expanding to go India. back to bali that is yeah so we we are really keen on indonesia actually we signed a distributor there um so we're doing india first uh simply because uh, both me and my co-founder are indian and just uh yeah exactly you have so, connections there yeah it's easier to set up and so our logic is uh let's try and avoid making mistakes so if we do it where we know how things work then we'll get it right and then it's easier to then template that model exactly. in you know, other countries indonesia philippines and so on so uh so yeah in fact he's in india right now that's why he's not here today oh. Oh, um, setting up setting up a, a machine for the government there. Well, thank you so much for coming in and updating us on Clearbot. We're going to be following closely. We're excited. Awesome, Marcy. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be back. Yeah. <laughs> you can find all the Trash Talk episodes on iTunes and the RTHK On The Go app. Thanks to our partners, Plastic Free Seas, if you like what you hear, I also host the Sustainable Asia podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube for a more in-depth look at sustainability issues here in Asia. What a fascinating project. That was Marcy Trent Long talking to Siddharth Gupta, founder of the Clearbot Project on Trash Talk.